0: Welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I'm your co-host, E.K. Wimmer.
1: Hey, Eck. I'm Mariah Rose. Don't call Rose. Me Ek. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, This is a podcast about the 80s, and we cover all kinds of things. But this week, we are going to be doing our special Halloween episode, even though it's a little early. It's a
1: little early, and it's a little bit weird because of how things are right now.
0: Yeah, that's true. But we'll get to it in a second. Thanks for joining us if this is your first time. If you are returning, thanks for for coming back. Uh, Last week, we had our big 100th celebration that included giveaways and this massive episode on Pee Wee Herman. Mm -hmm. A lot of great feedback. Thanks, everyone, for listening to that and for the support. And most importantly, we launched our, our Patreon, which was a big deal, and... Thank you. We actually got yes. several patrons, so we're very happy about that. Thank yeah. you to those of you who have joined. And if you haven't yet but are thinking about it, you should do it because that's what all the cool kids are doing. And it's bragging rights.
1: Also, there's loads of content and we'll, uh, we'll like you more.
0: We will like you more. <clears throat> and we definitely play favorites on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you to everybody who has joined. I hope you've enjoyed the extra episodes. We had a blast doing them and there'll be new ones coming out in just a couple weeks. Yeah, I've already started working. That's right. Me too. But if you want to join us on Patreon, we're at patreon.com slash lasergraves. weird that we have to do that now at the beginning of an episode, but you're damn right we're going to pitch it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start with some thrift store finds. What you got this week?
1: Oh, okay, I found something, actually, two somethings. I had a just a totally lame experience, and as I was about to leave, I glanced into the jewelry case, and I saw a a penny bracelet, which doesn't sound exciting, I know, but they're miniature pennies. <laughs> Hear me out. They're teeny tiny little pennies in a bracelet, 1976, made out of copper, so they're exactly pennies, but itty bitty. And then I also found a really cool, I think it's onyx or obsidian ring that's like vintage. I told you it looked like it had been pried off of the dead fingers of an old lady biker.
0: Yeah, that's what you went with.
1: Yeah, so what about you?
0: I had a really interesting find this week because it kind of started last week or less than a week ago, I'd say. I was at the thrift store and... I don't know. Thrift store etiquette is interesting. There are people who are very cutthroat. It's like first come, first serve, and they'll literally elbow you out of the way. Yeah, you're super polite. I'm really polite. I mean, it's things come and go, and if I didn't get it, oh well. But I came around the corner, and I was headed to the records and the cassette tapes, which I never find any records, especially at the thrift store. It's always just old classical music. So I went over there, I was about to lean down and look at the records, and this other guy came over, and he was eyeballing the records, and we kind of made eye contact, and I thought, you know what, I'll look at cassettes right now, and I gave him that kind of look of, go ahead, and so he's looking at records, I'm kind of slightly above looking at cassettes, and then I peek down to see what he's flipping through, and I see him holding in his hands an original press of Unknown Pleasures by Joy Division, which uh that was a tough one to see and Mm -hmm. I kind of okay so as you guys know I collect vinyl records I have for 20 years and one of my all-time favorite bands is Joy Division and I don't own any of their albums on record I have never once even seen one at a thrift store so when I spotted this I kind of froze Mm -hmm. I looked at him and then I said did you just find a Joy Division record And he looked up at me, (laughs) kind of avoiding eye contact, because he could tell. And he said, I'm sorry you had to see that. (laughs) And I laughed and I said, well, man, good find. I've never found that before. And he looked at me with that kind of like, you know, thrifters have the real thrifters, no other thrifters. And he just said... You'll find yours, don't worry. And I laughed because I thought it has been 20 years and this is the first time I've seen it. So maybe 20 years from now, I'll see another one.
1: Well, and then you called me. Your tone, when I answered the phone, it sounded... I truly thought you'd been in a car accident.
0: kind of had. It was an emotional wreck.
1: Oh my gosh. Actually, I was I was annoyed because I was
0: like, what? You're talking <laughs> about a record. I was crying oh. and I was like, I missed enjoying a vision <laughs> record. Anyway. And there's just banging. So I... I You know, I I let it go, though. I mean, good for him. I was an awesome find, but wow, what are the odds? So flash forward to today. Other people in our town have had really good success with uh, yard sales, Mm -hmm. and I have not since since we've lived here. I've never found anything. But today, I was just kind of sitting around having a cup of coffee, and I said, you know what, I think I'm going to just drive around our neighborhood, just around the block, and see if there's any yard sales. And the second one I went to... I walked up and there was a little box of records. I'm flipping through. It's just like classical records. I wasn't even going to keep flipping through. And then all of a sudden, I see Joy Division. This Keep in Mind happened less than a week from this experience. Yeah, it's just been
1: a few days. And
0: I was like in disbelief, like I was being punked. And I pulled it out and it was not one of their studio albums. It was like a rare import from Germany or something. And I I just was in shock. And I kept flipping. I found a Cure record and then two more Joy Division records, one from Italy and another one from France mm-hmm. that were imports. And uh grabbed all four of those records, and they were a, a dollar a piece. So I give them the $4, and then I look over to the right, And sitting by his, like, checkout in the special table Uh was the box set, the Joy Division box set, Heart and Soul, which is like a four CD, really rare box set. Uh So I bought three Joy Division imports, the box set, and a Cure record for $9. Anyway, that was my find of the week. And seriously, probably the greatest yard sale find I've ever had in my life. I just could not believe the odds. You scored. All the records to find. So there you go.
1: You know, actually, uh, the other day as I was at the thrift store, I saw a captain's hat and thought, wouldn't it be funny if I wore a captain's hat when I went yard sailing? (laughs) Ow. (laughs) Okay,
0: everyone. Well, (laughs) we were going to do the golden child this week and we're not joking this time. We really were. We actually were like, okay, the the jig is up. We're going to actually do the golden child now that we got through our hundredth. And then we were ready to start doing our research when I realized that it hadn't, uh, Halloween hadn't passed yet.
1: You're a real stickler for Halloween or for holidays.
0: (laughs) Well, because not only was I like, whoops, we forgot to do our Halloween episode. We can't do The Golden Child. But also because this Halloween episode in particular is very special. Yeah. Because it is a movie that I absolutely love not joking, one of my all-time favorite films, hack a lantern from 1988. Yep. And why it is special is that I was holding out, which I never thought I would ever find this on tape. It's an incredibly rare VHS. And one of my very, very good friends, Mike from the Bad Taste Video podcast, Hmm. this happened a couple months ago. I was visiting my mother, just helping her out. Uh, I went to her town and was helping her around the house. And he texts me out of nowhere, and he said, hey, um, I got you something. So I sat down and was like, hey, what's up? And then he informs me that he found an original copy of Hack-O-Lantern on VHS, which he knew was my top of my top wants. I literally have a list, and it's the very top of that list. You
1: do. You're so organized.
0: And he said, "Um, I found you a copy, and I'm going to send it to you, and you'll have it in time for Halloween for the podcast. And so... I not going into details, but I was floored by that gesture. And of course, that was going to be our Halloween episode. So huge thank you to Mike. You rule, dude! Yes, this you. was uh, amazing. And we're so excited to have this in our collection now. Yes. So that is why this episode is definitely dedicated to Mike, because this wouldn't have been possible. That is the story of why we had to do it and bump the golden child. So blame him for all you people who have been wanting to hear that one.
1: We were exactly in the mood for the golden child.
0: Finally. Yeah. We were like, no, well, let's do it. No,
1: I'm like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That being said, Mm -hmm. we also uh, established that we were going to do Hack a Lantern, started researching. And then a couple nights ago, uh, I found out that Joe Bob Briggs uh, Halloween special which he surprised everybody with, he decided to do Hack-O-Lantern. So, Loser. Well, you know, the timing kind of sucks for us, but that happens. So, hopefully he didn't give away too much cool stuff, because we had we had uh, gotten all jazzed up on some facts. <laughs> but if you saw that, maybe that was the first time you saw it, and now you actually are excited to hear this episode, because you had never heard of the film before. All right. But there you go. Hack-O-Lantern, 1988, a.k.a. Halloween Night, mm-hmm. a.k.a death mask if you're in australia
1: wait okay
0: aka the damning if you're in the uk i'll stop there
1: it's overkill (laughs) that's the title from russia
0: (laughs) okay well uh this is first time watch for you Mm -hmm. correct i was so excited for you to see this you were giddy downright giddy Well, we talked about this a few times on the podcast, where there aren't a whole lot of movies that you get to experience that you missed the first time through. Now, this is a deep cut. In all honesty, uh, I'm not going to play that like I'm too cool for school. I had no clue this existed growing up. Like, this is a major deep cut.
1: Not a huge surprise. It wasn't widely distributed. No, exactly.
0: It was impossible to find until recently. So. Mm Uh, it, and, and then it just spread like wildfire. Once it it got re released, everybody was like, "Whoa, what is this?" So, I have only seen this more recently, but I have seen it many, many, many times in the last you know year or so. Even I've probably watched just since maybe January. Probably watched this about eight or nine times. That's so. a lot of times. <laughs> I've watched it a lot. I really like it. Um, but this was your first time watch. Yes, Anna. it was. It was really fun. got yeah, very excited to hear what your impressions are. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, let's get into the crew. How okay. this came to be, because that is a huge part of the story of the charm of Hack o Lantern. This is a very much a B movie, uh, a very bizarre-toned film. Where not quite sure how it works, but it's hilarious in the way it uh, reveals itself through the characters mm-hmm. and story. Mm-hmm. And a large part of this is because of the director. Yep. So the director's name was Jagmohan Mundra and, or Jag for short.
1: It's the 80s. You gotta go by Jag.
0: Hey man, it's Jag. Jagmoendra.
1: But it also sounds like Jaguar.
0: It does. He was an Indian director and he was known for many low budget horrors like uh, Open House and the Jigsaw Murders. I saw Open House not too long ago. I started watching it too late at night, though. That was a foolish so mistake. So you fell asleep. I totally fell asleep.
1: My favorite's When I Find You, where you've <laughs> fallen asleep watching a movie. That's one of my very, very It wasn't a bad things.
0: film. I just fell asleep watching it. Yeah, totally. Uh, and then, in addition to low-budget horror, he's also very much known for erotic, cheesy films, and yeah. then, like, Night Eyes and Last Call and all that kind of stuff.
1: Those sound Ellie like...
0: goddess. So Those definitely sound like they would have been on... Uh, what is that... Late at night, up all night. Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff, or Skinemax. I mean, that's those kind yeah, of yeah. those kind of things. You know, this is interesting though. It made me think about how he got the job, and I would be interested to know how this happened. This was kind of more common than you think in the eighties of uh, Indian directors like coming over to America and then getting jobs directing very much American movies. It we've covered another one past episode you want to go back and listen to it can you think of a horror movie that we love that was was directed by an indian director shoot
1: yes i I know what it is it's i'll
0: uh, give you a hint same genre of film too
1: yeah yeah but what is it i know what it is and i can't think of it (laughs)
0: Why do you do this? Oh, you're so unkind. (laughs) Uh, Krishna Shah directed Hard Rock Zombies. Right. right. Okay. So there it is. There's another one. So that's our director, and I think that that's pretty funny. Why it's funny is not because he's Indian, but because he could barely speak English. Ooh, that's clear. Yes, and had to have a lot of people translating things to him. He not only did he not understand English, but (laughs) take it a step further. He had never even understood the concept or known the concept of Halloween. So that had to be explained to him, too, what Halloween was. And take it even a step further. Keep in mind, this is uh, primetime 80s. He had no clue what the satanic panic of the U.S. was. So he is directing a movie in America with American actors... About Halloween and the satanic panic era and <laughs> was so out of sorts. So yes. for those of you who have seen this and go, Why does this not quite make sense? There's mm-hmm. a there's a pretty good idea.
1: It's very clear when you look at it in hindsight and go, Oh, this person doesn't understand america in a (laughs) fundamental way
0: like what midtown like uh what's the midwest like the midwest america Uh
1: yeah or any part of well not just america but the united states of america yeah (laughs) uh just no idea of how this culture works or worked back then and it is clearly evident
0: in this movie that's part of why this film is so much fun oh yeah it was written by Dave Eisenstark, who his claim to fame is uh, Creepazoids, but he's done a bunch of stuff.
1: So he's American.
0: Yeah, everybody else is. Mm-hmm. I think except for the producer might have been also Yeah. Uh, Indian. Yeah. And then the screenplay was done by a woman named Carla Robinson. This was the only thing she ever did. Mm-hmm. And then the composer was Greg Haggard, and he went on to do some kind of... Random things here and there. But the, the coolest thing I found was that he did five episodes of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> sweet gig, man. Yeah,
0: totally sweet gig. And I really love this score. Uh, not only because of like the, the song we'll get into, but the actual score itself is really cool. And we don't own, which we'll talk about later, but the, the re-release, they did an isolated soundtrack for oh. it. And but it hasn't actually been released as an as a legitimate sure. soundtrack, which I'm surprised by. Especially I feel with like all the, the call
1: for it would be pretty
0: narrow. I don't know. There's all these hipster record companies that have done some pretty obscure stuff. Eh. I'm kinda of surprised they haven't done this. But
1: Time will tell.
0: That's the really the the crew that we're dealing with for Hack a Lantern. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Um this was filmed in LA, even though it's not supposed to be L.A. It's
1: very clearly.
0: Yeah, it's like a country club in LA.
1: Is it? Did you look it up?
0: No, but I mean, come on.
1: We were guessing at the set as we were watching it. I was like, this is cool. like very much not a house. No. It looks like cuz there's like a parking lot and a, you know, a weird street light, but it's in their yard. It looks like it's the a country club or some weird I don't know, like at the beginning of a park where you can go in and use the bathroom or something.
0: A national park.
1: Yeah, like where maybe, I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, it was weird for sure.
1: Also, maybe a funeral home.
0: Okay, yeah, I, uh, maybe. Ah. Sure, why not? Okay. This was made, it says with a uh, $5 million budget.
1: I saw that. I
0: don't know if I believe that.
1: Did that just go on into pumpkins?
0: Oh, yeah. It just went into High's performance. They gave him all the money. Uh, Speaking of which, I was surprised because a couple of the actors, our leads, especially Tommy, said he didn't get paid to to do this film. Mm -hmm. This was basically just to put on his resume only to find out they had a five million dollar budget so oh I, yeah I know I was like I'd like to know more of the story there
1: I did hear a little bit that they were that they did buy nice equip or use nice
0: equipment it is shot well for those of you who only have the VHS copy like me you would not think it was shot well yeah. the new version boy it is beautiful i I was kind of shocking to see how nice it actually is, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, it does look pretty good actually,
1: okay, so there's five million the end
0: well, and probably two million of that was on d c lacroix's guest appearance oh. okay. more to come okay. So what did you think? Let's first impressions as this film opens up and reveals itself to you.
1: Okay. well, I didn't know what I was in for because when I when I haven't seen a movie before, I really prefer not to read on it. I like to just let it unfold and be surprised. So I did not know what I was in for. I was expecting like a like a pumpkin monster, Hack-O-Lantern.
0: Oh, yeah, I could see that.
1: Because that's what the name sort of implies, or like a killer who wore a pumpkin head or something.
0: Yeah. yeah. You're not going
1: to get that. Yeah, you're not
0: going to get that at all.
1: Nope. But it does open, you know, with pumpkins.
0: Boy, a sweet gig from Grandpa, huh? He just drives around with a bunch of pumpkins. Was he a
1: pumpkin farmer?
0: I think he is a pumpkin farmer. He does
1: have a barn.
0: (laughs) He's got another job, but his main job, I think, is pumpkin farming.
1: I think the other job's a hobby. You think? Yeah.
0: The... Uh... Cast had concerns about him. Did you about grandpa? Yeah. So
1: grandpa is played by High Pike. He is a California native. He was born in nineteen thirty-five and died in like two thousand (laughs) six. So he's
0: a character.
1: (laughs) Yes. He went to school at UCLA in the sixties and was just kind of a you know, low-budget character actor. He did independent films in the 70s and 80s. You might, like, know him as Taffy Lewis from Blade Runner, Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. It was, like, his
0: only big role.
1: Absolutely, and it's a small role in a big movie. Uh, He also had a role in the Grace Jones film Vamp.
0: Ah, former episode. Please
1: refer back to our episode. We don't (laughs) talk about him at all, but he is an over-the-top actor yes he holy smokes. so if you've been listening long you know we like to really rag on theater people just because just because of our past with hit theater people of course we know they're valuable and we love movies so obviously we love actors <laughs> and actresses however i will say this guy leans in hard into the stereotype. He wants to take over every single scene. I feel like...
0: He does take over every single scene. I feel
1: like he is thinking about where the light hits his face and that his face is closest to the camera. (laughs) He is gonna make himself seen.
0: He is such a character and 50% of why this film is amazing is clearly because of him. I have a game for you. Oh. I'm gonna... I give you the opportunity to Oh no give me a sentence and I'm gonna try and tell you that sentence in grandpa's voice. This is something very, very special. Oh you want me to just give you a sentence? Just so people can get a sense of what he sounds like.
1: Okay. Hey guys, got any cheese? Hey guys,
0: you got any cheese? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's perfection. I like this game. She sells Seashells by the
0: seashore. She Seashells seashells by the seashore.
1: <laughs> it's like he's burping out and growling every single thing he says. I'll have
0: you know I was doing uh, the devil's high five while I was doing that.
1: Yeah, it's devil horns where you press your... Fingers together. Not
0: devil horns, though. That's the funniest part. It's the I love you symbol.
1: Oh, yeah, it is, but isn't it? he uses
0: it as devil horns.
1: Yeah. It's and because they,
0: they high five that way. It's
1: because Jag's not from America.
0: <laughs> I don't think Jag... I am going to put all my chips in on the table and say this is High's way of improv Yeah. I think 99% of his por- performance was improv.
1: I feel agreement. So you were saying that the cast had... I don't know, a little concern about working with high.
0: Some of them thought he might have actually been a Satanist. What?
1: Because he was so good. I
0: don't know. That's what I thought. What with all this flannel, I don't. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, Grandpa. This what we're getting at is because it's revealed very quickly that yes. Grandpa moonlights as a pumpkin farmer. <laughs> But is really his passion in life is um, devoting his life to Satan.
1: Yes. So he comes through a beautiful, idyllic scene to visit his grandson with a truckload of pumpkins. He calls his grandson Tommy down from their weird house in a country club. And Tommy comes down, picks out his favorite pumpkin. And grandpa's like, P.S., here's a pentagram necklace for you.
0: Yeah. Have fun. There's a little bit that happens where the father is killed and uh, by a grandpa, but we flash forward. The important thing is it flashes forward to Tommy being a man now. Yeah, He's supposed to be in his early 20s, but he looks like he's in his mid-30s at this point. Easily.
1: So Tommy is played by a guy named Greg Cummins. He is also from California. He got his MFA from UCLA. But what's most interesting about Greg is that he... Uh, went to undergrad on a football scholarship. He s- was a starting punter for UC Berkeley and the University of Hawaii because he went to two different colleges during oh, undergrad. Wow. And he led the nation in multiple punting categories in his <laughs> final two years at the University of Hawaii. <laughs>
0: Why are you coming in strong with the facts?
1: I am literally reading it because I don't even know what punting is. Then Greg turned down a contract to play for NFL's Green Bay Packers. He signed with the San Diego Chargers, but he had an injury and was released.
0: Oh, he never got to play a season? How cool would it be to have a football card with him on it?
1: Well, in 1991, Greg was named the University of Hawaii's All-Star Football Team by, pos- by position as the best punter and it's then 40-year history. All of that is utterly meaningless to me. But he's actually... <laughs> but it
0: informs his character, for sure. He, well, he puts all that into his backstory. That's why he's buff. Right.
1: Although it doesn't explain why he doesn't seem to know how to use a weight
0: bench. yeah well he does know how to tie a headband though yeah he does boy he looks cool he does that
1: yeah so greg plays tommy tommy is the little boy who was gifted with the pentagram necklace and he has moved from his upstairs bedroom and he is now living in a weird basement as a young adult i guess and he's like angsty like you would expect a goth 14 year old to be but he's a full-grown adult living with his mom his father's dead And his sister and brother, his sister is Vera and his brother is Roger. (laughs)
0: Roger. They're
1: all full adults living with their mom.
0: Yep, it's true. And they're not really helping out at all. Yes. They're just kind of doing their own thing while mom gardens the whole time.
1: She really is taking care of the landscape for 95% of this movie.
0: Tommy's room is like a weight bench, um, a Walkman A dead-end drive-in poster.
1: It's a mattress on the floor. And they've, like, very carefully placed little puddles of clothes around. But it's not even (laughs) natural. It's very weird.
0: Well, Tommy can't deal with any any of this nonsense of living life. Mm -mm. And probably the scene of the whole movie happens pretty early on, actually. Mm -hmm. Where Tommy decides he's going to check out on on everything he can't he just can't put up with anything Mm-mm. he throws around a couple cassette tapes till he finds the perfect one <laughs> and this is pops it into the Walkman. all i was waiting for you to watch was this scene right I could here tell. he puts his headphones on he lays back on his bed and he drifts off into dreamland and what does he um encounter in his dream
1: well, first of all, I wasn't entirely clear that this was a dream and not a vision, because we also know at this time that Tommy is a Satanist and he's like on board with his grandpa. So it's like, is this a, I don't know, a Satanic vision he's having?
0: Oh, I could see that too. I'll take it. I'll Who take knows?
1: That. Anyway, he's in a band. Band is pretty darn special. And there is a voodoo priestess, mm-hmm. and she dances for a little bit while they're playing uh, their really awesome song, which, are we going to do a sample of it?
0: Sure, it's the Devil's Son. It's the Devil's Son! right now I just did
1: whoa okay yep natural <laughs> anyway so imagine that and there is a I guess I mean they're playing fast and loose with a voodoo priestess here I don't even know it's like a grab bag of ideas about, I don't I don't even know what's happening but she's dancing to <laughs> this rock band and then she like goes sci-fi shoots laser beams out of her eyes but I don't know if it's the laser beams that turns people into shrunken heads or it's the drum beat. <laughs> What's happening?
0: Let's spend some time on this. So it okay. is a full music video and it's glorious.
1: It's the full thing. And this Tommy
0: is... s- sticks out like a sore thumb. Like he's like the guest guitarist in this vision. Yes. It is an actual band, DC LaCroix. And they... is...
1: Wait, 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 wait. Is it LaCroix yes, like the drink or is it LaCroix? like nope.
0: the They're grass. not French. It's LaCroix.
1: What well, is she Canadian?
0: No, okay, she's not. They're a band from Seattle,
1: okay,
0: and then they relocated in 1985. So they were a, an actual, mm-hmm. you know, 80s metal band. It is named after the lead singer Sylvie Lacroix and the guitarist Dan DC Christofferson. So that's how you get DC Lacroix. Mm. <laughs> okay. They put out two LPs and EP. But this Devil's Sun is actually on one of their records on the eighty six record it's Crack of Doom. It's a bad song. It's an awesome song. And she's awesome too. So Yeah, she is. But this is one of those cases where this was a real band. Uh mm-hmm. I you know, I don't know how they got roped into it. I well, tried there to find two
1: real bands in this.
0: No, there are not. What? Well, it's a band, but that other one Not not even as... get me started on that. Okay. But I don't know how they got roped in. I tried to find interviews with the band members and nothing. I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. But interesting. Maybe
1: that's where the five million went.
0: That's got we to be gotta, where a chunk of it went.
1: We gotta follow the smell of money. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Straight right. to DC Lacroix.
0: <laughs> but this scene, the Devil's Son, is just incredible. The song is so good. Yes. And this is what makes this film a hundred percent metal horror, which is my. Favorite genre of of horror film. Yep. And this is the top of the top, right next to Trick or Treat. Like, these two, for me, are, are the absolute musts for heavy metal horror. It's great. I mean, you'll get other ones that are awesome, like Black Roses. Obviously, Rocktober Blood's incredible. I could go on and on. But I think Trick or Treat's going to be my all-time favorite. But something about hack a lantern just checks so many boxes for me. It's
1: because they had all of the boxes and they said we're going to check them all <laughs> we're gonna,
0: like actually check them all. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is there's only one thing missing for this what to is honestly it? be the perfect film. What? Let's save it till the end.
1: Cuz we've got incest. We've got we've got satanism.
0: We've got rock and like heavy metal, not yeah. just like rock and roll, but actual metal. we mm-hmm. We've got lasers.
1: We've got just straight like killer.
0: We've got Slasher. Loads loads of nudity.
1: Yep. Stripping.
0: We've got all of it. We've even gotten a comedian in this. Oh, we'll get to it. (laughs) Um, It almost was perfect.
1: Okay. So, yes. This daydream, Satan's daydream, I don't know what it is. It brings us a lot of confusing questions, but the music
0: is rad. Yes, it's perfect.
1: Yes, basically this voodoo priestess who may or may not be somehow linked to Satanism, uh, laser beams the band away one by one.
0: Yeah. And I really wish that a couple more of these scenes had happened in the film. Oh, yes. Can you imagine
1: if Tommy had a few more, like Daydreams? That's
0: what I thought. Like, imagine, like, at least even one more video would have been perfect. Like, four more. Like, yeah. (laughs) I would have liked that. I would have loved that, too.
1: Oh, she also beheads him at the end. Yeah. That's weird.
0: That's true. Holds it up. That's the cover of the the release that you'd see on VHS. Or oh, actually, I think the Blu Ray is this too. Mm. Is the the Voodoo chick holding up the head?
1: The head was a little weird looking to me. It looks like somebody put like a skin mask on a basketball.
0: But whatever. Whatever. I'm not complaining.
1: I'm going to. Why not?
0: Let's talk about uh, the other characters. So the the brother is like this wholesome all American boy with perfect like Roger. Uh, he has got total american haircut like he, it is yeah leave it to beaver hair
1: he looks like he's the older brother from leave it to beaver just <laughs> grown up in the 80s he plays uh like a deputy or something yeah he's like, a
0: sheriff's deputy
1: low ranking uh and then he has a sister vera who is in i think she's either still in high school or just out of high school
0: She's like 35. But, but
1: the youngest.
0: But the youngest of the siblings.
1: <laughs> I yeah. don't know. It's so hard to tell, though, in the 80s because they don't have good skin, hair, skin care and they don't have good hair. Yeah. So it's everybody looks at least 35, even the seven-year-olds. I don't get it.
0: But they're all living with mom. There is a really weird dynamic in this film between the siblings. It's like Vera and her brother get along well, but Tommy oldest
1: yeah Vera and Roger get along fine like normally Tommy
0: is a hot mess. He yeah. is just off the rails. I mean what can you do It's hard to be a Satanist and try and like live in your mom's basement
1: Well and this is around the same time we learn that the reason Tommy is such a mess is uh, he after Grandpa visits him again to like tell him, Guess what? In his insane voice that has like a vaguely southern drawl, by the way,
0: yeah,
1: uh, he comes up and he's like, "It's your time to, I don't know, cross over to full Satanism." I don't, <laughs> I don't even really know what they're doing, but mom comes down, and the mom is played by Katina Gardner. She plays Amanda or their mother. Uh, she is actually somebody we've covered before too. What really? She's from Rollerblade. <gasps>
0: Really? She's
1: the wheelchair lady.
0: No way. She's Mother Speed? Yes, Mother Speed. There it is. Oh, my mind is blown.
1: She's also in Cannibal Hookers and L.A. Goddess.
0: Interesting. That's why I was like,
1: I know her. And this woman has insane hair. I think it's like a hair piece. But if it's not... Holy guacamole! Yeah, she's got like
0: Mormon hair. It's real long.
1: But it's like she stuck five horse tails to her head.
0: It's crazy. But
1: so much hair.
0: Boy, she's kind of like Laser Grave's royalty now, huh? Yeah, I think so. Those I, are two big ones to yeah. be to be a part of.
1: Okay, so Katina Gardner, she runs down and intercepts her father, uh, played by High. and. It's revealed that maybe he's Tommy's dad. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, probably, because he, it's like a flashback scene where they're supposed to both be younger <laughs>
0: <laughs> on her wedding day.
1: <laughs> so they're both incredibly old and like wearing wigs and makeup. It's very funny. But yes, he rapes his daughter on her wedding day and may or may not be Tommy's
0: father. It's, yeah. And she's like, leave Tommy alone. And he's like, Tommy's mine. He's all mine.
1: Yeah, but it also flashes to her having just slept with her new husband on her wedding night. And it's not like they have DNA samples and he doesn't look like high. So it's very strange why he would presume that. But whatever.
0: Yeah. There's a scene that um, I did want to mention because it's really funny is mm-hmm. when Roger comes downstairs and he's confronting Tommy and he's like, what's your problem, man? And oh, then yeah. they're like, bumping in, you know, chess kind of things. Mm-hmm. And then Tommy walks over to, it's like a closet under the stairs to go to the basement.
1: Yeah, it's like where you would hang maybe four winter coats and like, you know, a bowling ball.
0: But he opens it up to reveal a full satanic altar.
1: With, like, ever-glowing candles. It's a major fire hazard. So
0: incredible. I just love it. Like, he's busy. He's got better things to do right now than deal with Roger.
1: He is acting seriously like the most rebellious 14-year-old of all time. It's just really awkward for him that he's 48.
0: So the basic premise, too, of this whole film, in addition to preparing Tommy to become, like, the devil's son.
1: On Halloween night, that's when this is supposed to take place. Is
0: that this is a Halloween film and there's going to be a Halloween dance. Now, this is something that I really do love about this film. Is that uh, there are many Halloween movies, but it's not really obvious that it's on Halloween. Whereas in hack a lantern I do like this. I mean, there's a huge Halloween party and I think that's so much fun because I love seeing costumes in horror movies. Like when everybody gets to show up to the party in all kinds of weird costumes and we get we get some interesting ones in this. But that's, that's the basic p- premise is that it's Halloween night and Tommy's going to be converted over as the devil's son. And so we've got these kind of Competing storylines where everybody's prepping for the town party.
1: Yeah. So Vera and her friend are setting up for a party and they are there like early decorating for this party. Their party decorations suck.
0: They do suck.
1: It's like eight streamers. It's so dumb and it's windy and I'm really disappointed in their ability to decorate. However, they are getting ready for this party. Vera's friend has the hots for Roger
0: uh, and Vera's like all about like, go, go hump my brother. Oh my
1: goodness. She's
0: really encouraging it.
1: Very much oversharing in a way that is deeply uncomfortable. But I guess this family is a big mess. So maybe it makes good <laughs> sense. Yeah, they are.
0: And now Vera has a boyfriend. Yes. Who's quite the nerd. And there is a scene <laughs> where we had to watch it, what, three times in a row because you were laughing so hard? Yeah, I was. There's this bit part. A one-liner where this guy walks out and says hi to her boyfriend as they're decorating. I don't know what it was about this scene, but you could not stop laughing. And so I'm going to play it. This is what, of all the things that happened in this film, this is what got you. And it was this scene.
1: What's up, Rod? Hey, dude. How's it going?
0: <laughs> and that was, it was it? although it was a really good scene.
1: Oh, I forgot about that already.
0: Her boyfriend has an untimely ending. His it's funny because they He's go got back a rough
1: to, go of it.
0: Well, he goes back over to their house and they're making out the sister and him Yeah, and she's
1: gonna like give it up because they haven't Yeah. They haven't had intimacy yet.
0: But Tommy's not having any parts of it or part of it and he picks him up and throws him out of the house and is like, you know, I'll I'll kill you if you come back. Uh-huh. And he's really pissed, the the boyfriend, and he decides to walk home. Because I think the graveyard, I'm getting the impression that the cemetery is between like the town center and their house.
1: Maybe their house is like the groundskeeper.
0: I don't know, but he's walking through the cemetery. Okay. And unfortunately, meets his demise by our main villain, our cloaked villain, Mm -hmm. which they do a very good job of, I will say in this film, is the masked killer and it is actually a really cool costume okay. I, I do like it it's got this rubber mask that's got these kind of tusked yeah you know, horn teeth thing and then a red cape and black over it it's it's, it's nice fine. because and then there's like a black uh just dress suit underneath it's a, a It's a nice way to kind of disguise multiple people if you needed to, I I think. It didn't
1: really do anything for me one way or the other. I felt neutral about it. But yes, the boyfriend dies.
0: He dies. Another character we should probably talk about that's a bit character is um, old platinum haired Tommy's girlfriend.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. Her name is Nora and she is an actress who interestingly was... a porn actress
0: yeah well that's not interesting in the 80s but no
1: well it's interesting because she doesn't wear pants in this film not even once
0: (laughs) no she doesn't she she never once has pants on
1: nor does she have like a skirt or a dress she just Just underwear underpants on
0: but that's because we get to see her her pretty awesome pentagram butt tattoo
1: yep but it's not they call it a tattoo but we learn later that it's like a a brand
0: yeah it's like they've been branded with the pentagram
1: but it's pure black whatever
0: well that's tommy's girlfriend she's gonna go take a dip in the pool and that's Mm -hmm. important because tommy's gonna meet up with her later she gets out of the pool and is taking a shower and then she thinks tommy's there because it's the the masked Figure
1: yes, and we we kind of know she's in trouble because she had been luring Tommy in a, a seductive way yes, and uh Grandpa had been very much like no 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 we're we're keeping Tommy pure tonight I don't really know yeah. what that was about there was yeah. no like logical reason for anything that happens in this movie like. Never is there like a clear line of like, this is how we do things. It's just willy nilly. And that's that's fine. It's fine because you don't have expectations for a a clear plot line.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to bring her up because she's a cool character, but is killed off right away because she strips down to definitely nothing and then lays down on the couch. And he, the character, the, the masked villain. Yes. Pulls out like a pitchfork kind of. What is that? I don't even know what it is. Some sort of tool. Yeah, it's a farming tool of some sort. Okay. And stabs her through the head, and she meets her demise. It's a pretty awesome kill. She
1: seems very surprised, too. (laughs) Because she was like, I'm going to just get lucky here, and then instead, dead. Yeah.
0: Well, that's unfortunate. But. I don't know. What else do you... I guess we should probably flash forward to the party. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah. So Vera finished finally decorating for the dumbest party in the world. Well, her decorations are dumb. So we get to the party and it's a bunch of people in the most random assortment of costumes. There was one woman who was dressed, I think, as a salad bowl. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I kind of think so. We also noticed that guy who strategically placed himself in every shot. Did you notice that? Oh, he
1: was so good.
0: Dude, he definitely knew where the camera was. Giving
1: high a run for his money. That's
0: right. We also get to see another band. So there is another rock band in this film. But, I mean, come on. After Devil's Son, what's even the point? They
1: don't compete. But they're still, like, at least they're trying. They're
0: trying. They are a band called The Mercenaries. And they are playing a song called Against the Law. It actually has a pretty catchy hook, but I could not find anything. I had to give up. I looked everywhere for something on them, and there is zero trace that I could find. So, if anybody mm. knows if this was a real band and and did they put out an album or something? Not that I want the album, but I just wanted to know. I think they
1: are a real band, and they actually do two songs, right?
0: No, it's the same song. They just keep playing, just like playing it again times. and again. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but we do get a, a pretty sweet other little uh, house band, but it's interrupted very quickly and abruptly by this kind of stripper theme.
1: That was weird. It was just like a random strip tease in the middle of a party.
0: Like a full strip tease while the deputy's like, ha ha, this is great.
1: There's nothing on it. I was
0: confused though. Aren't these all high schoolers? Yes. I couldn't. (laughs) I was unclear. Also
1: 35. And there are some people there who look very old. Okay, I was just
0: unclear to have a very much a stripper hanging out. I just, it's funny. That's not the only entertainment at this party,
1: Yes, out front, (laughs) and if you have seen this, you know there is a comedian who really puts on a show and it's so jarring that I just looked at you and I was like, what is happening?
0: It goes on for so long. He gets
1: to do like a full bit And he does, like, impressions. It's bonkers.
0: He's really bad, too. I mean, it's very uncomfortable to watch because it's not funny. But, man, my speculation is that the producer owed him a favor or something like that. Here's what I think.
1: I think Jag went and saw him and not understanding...
0: Oh, English?
1: English (laughs) or American culture... It was extra funny to him. but So I tried to find this comedian, and I think I did. Okay. So he's listed as Bill Tucker, party comedian. And he was known in IMDb for This and Evening at the Improv, 1981. That's all it says. However, I did a little more research, and I am like 99.9% sure that he is currently working and going as wild bill tucker okay there's another wild wild bill on imdb it's not him that guy died in like 1980 or 81 so that's a different person yeah he's out but this wild bill and i had to pull up an image from this film and uh, against this older version of him and i'm pretty sure it's him but i couldn't quite tell but I would say 99% certainty.
0: He's still acting or being like a comedian?
1: So I found a little write-up of what he's doing. He's he's touring as a comedian. And okay. I'm going to read you a little synopsis of what he does.
0: Okay, I would love to know.
1: Described as remarkably hip and clever, <laughs> but they misspelled clever as cleaver. Okay. Tucker delights his audiences with his amazing variety of unique performance skills. Wild Bill's arsenal of urban sound effects, blended into his punchlines, is rare— and I'm. What? The crazy sounds he makes are amazingly funny and at the same time accurately fascinating. It seems when God was creating Wild Bill, he splurged with the oddball talents that are placed so perfectly throughout this act. Tucker has created a stable of original characters that are completely over the top, including the Low Rider, rappers shouldn't grab this, their stick. Mr. Mechanic Everything's a Racket and his signature piece Turkey Man which leads me back to the movie okay because he did the turkey man
0: let's get a clip we have to you ever been at the wrong place at the wrong time you know like a a turkey three days before Thanksgiving in the woods he's scared he just got away he's a pet he doesn't know what's going on he looks at the hunters (laughs) Now the hunters are coming all around him. He's really
1: scared now. <laughs> <laughs> He's had the, the longest career, maybe. He and uh, Greg
0: Cummings. <clears throat> I, you know what's weird? This was kind of a thing around this time, too, because there's another film, maybe 1990, called Ghoul School. It's a fun film. <laughs> But There's a scene in there, too, that I remember where there's a stand-up comedian does, mm-hmm. like, an actual bit in the middle of the film.
1: And it's it never works because it's no. so jarring. You're like, wait, what am I
0: watching right now? So, okay, well, that happens. Okay, so now we're at a party. Wow, Mariah, thanks. Thanks for all that information.
1: Uh, I couldn't believe it when I found it. I was like,
0: what? One thing we should mention is that Vera... Um, did succeed in getting her friend to hook up with her brother. So Good
1: job, Vera!
0: There's a big accomplishment there. They go and hump in the cemetery. Not Vera. No, The I know. friend and the brother. Well, yeah.
1: Okay, just clarifying. Well, we've already had incest. That's so true,
0: yeah. That's, I, I guess feel like it to bears, bears a little uh, repeating. No, there is a funny scene where she's like, you know, have you ever made it in the, in the cemetery? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not awkward. They... It's interesting because they're in there and there's all these open graves everywhere.
1: Just, you know, in case.
0: I bring this up because this may be this week's fun fact.
1: What? What?
0: Okay, well, this week's fun fact is (laughs) that... (laughs) the <laughs> director are you still <laughs> hey you said it <laughs> you that's the the noise you chose to celebrate the fun fact with so i'm not I'm not editing it out anyway our our director jag mm-hmm. good old jag um you know he's already having a tough go of it because he doesn't know what halloween is and he can't speak english <laughs> do you want to know what happened what? He, he fell in an open grave, and <laughs> <laughs> broke his leg, <laughs> and he had to spend the rest of the film in a wheelchair.
1: <laughs> what? Oh, my face hurts.
0: Alright, well that happened. Oh, okay, well, back to the party. Oh,
1: gosh. Basically,
0: a lot of people start dying, and then we find out that the killer arrives at the party, and there's this big battle.
1: Well, the killer arrives first and starts killing people.
0: Well, but then another killer arrives, and we have two people in the costume. But we find out that Grandpa was in one of the costumes. Yep. Poor old Grandpa was just trying to have a little fun. Well, and he's, he... he sounds like somebody else. Like a frog. Okay. <laughs> well, he... You know what? Before he dies, give me one more line.
1: Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's
0: Maybelline. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's Maybelline. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, Grandpa dies, unfortunately. It's it's so sad. But what they think that? that Tommy is the other one in the killer costume. And uh-huh. they're like, stop. And he runs off into the cemetery.
1: No, Tommy, No.
0: And we get the big reveal. Uh, It was not Tommy. Tommy comes over to find the killer as they pull the mask off. And it is old long hair McGee, the mom. Amanda. So sad. She dies in his arms.
1: Sorry, Mother Speed.
0: We should say that Tommy uh, rejected Satan along the way.
1: Well, because they wanted to kill Vera. Yeah, he didn't like that.
0: There was this whole cool scene that was happening where they're just branding naked chicks with a pentagram on their butt cheeks, while where they
1: all... even is that in Satanism?
0: And they're in a barn and they're all wearing their Satan costumes, but they have uh, like farmer flannel underneath. Well, okay, well we anyway. So he It's had a reject... regional
1: choice. They're Midwestern.
0: <laughs> he had rejected Satan, so he's really bummed about all this. But we go back to the party where Grandpa is laying there. And Rogers looking at him, checking up on Gramps. Gramps does one last little um, devil's high five onto to Roger's head, and transfers the power of Satan into Roger
1: via laser beam.
0: Mom dies. Tommy's sad. Vera's shook up because her boyfriend was found in the cemetery dead,
1: and also because she was almost killed. True. That and oh, and her friend was killed at one point and put in a closet.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Forget about that.
1: And there was a weird old lady who was also killed, and she witnessed that.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean Drusilla from Buffy the Vampire yes, Slayer?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> and then at the end, they're back in the satanic ritual of the barn, mm-hmm. and the new leader turns around, and it's good old wholesome, all-American Roger. Roger. And that's it. That is the way Hack-A-Lantern ends. That's the way that that movie goes. (laughs) It is such a wild ride. There's a reason why we didn't walk you through it. And there's a reason why we just touched on things. Because you have to truly see it to believe it.
1: It is remarkable in that they tried to shove every single thing you can think of from a 1980s horror movie into one movie, but in little tiny snippets.
0: So we mentioned this earlier the checklist of, it basically has like every single thing we mm-hmm. want in a horror the only thing I would have really thought would have pushed this over the top and made it actually the best film ever made is if there was a final scene where Satan actually was summoned and came out in oh. full Satan costume and like walked around with the goat head but that it would was have been,
1: high um, but it was high oh of high but with goat feet it
0: <gasps> would have been amazing so oh. it was so close to perfect Oh my
1: gosh, I want that ending so badly now.
0: This was released July 30th, 1988, straight to video. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned with the VHS, it was released by Legacy Entertainment, um, an extremely rare tape to find still to this day. Highly sought after, it got another VHS release shortly after in 1990, retitled Halloween Night with a totally different cover. Also an incredibly rare and awesome tape that was put out by Atlas. And that was um, the only way you were going to see this for years and years and years. And it was not until 2017, just recently, that Massacre video put it out. They did a limited VHS, which is kind of like a replica of the legacy release that we have. But they also, most importantly, did a 2K transfer of the original negative. What does that mean? means they took the original negative film and they scanned it at a 2k transfer so it's like high high res blu-ray okay and it is beautiful to look at because that's the first version i saw was the scanned version and i hadn't seen the vhs version until we got it and it's much much darker
1: i think that's okay i don't yeah i actually
0: like it too i think it's cool
1: i don't need to see that much detail sometimes
0: (laughs) But it got the 2K transfer, came out on Blu-ray with a load of special features, which we haven't seen because we don't own it. But it's got like interviews and behind the scenes and stuff like that. So that's cool. And that really sparked the the real awareness of this film sure, on, on a mass it's accessible. level. Yeah, because now people can actually see it. So I highly recommend you tracking down a copy. There's multiple ways you can see it now. Mm-hmm. I think it's a must-watch for Halloween. I think it's just... Something that I mean will always watch it's on. It's so
1: entertaining.
0: Yeah, I would put it there with trick or treat. Like there are horror movies, especially rock horror movies, you have to watch every Halloween and I well I for me unfortunately I watch both those movies throughout the year. But you do. if you don't, this would be the time of year to watch it would be mm-hmm. during Halloween.
1: Yeah. Break outside of the Halloween box where you don't have to just watch the movie Halloween challenge yourself
0: that's true
1: grow as a person watch this
0: yeah do watch this what are your thoughts final thoughts
1: this is so ridiculous i laughed so hard it doesn't make any sense it's totally illogical but knowing that the director didn't even speak english or understand american culture at all it definitely makes sense yeah I feel like he was just like, oh, yep, that's how it goes. And for some reason, everybody agreed not to tell him otherwise. And I love that. I love that. And I think it's actually a really brilliant way to look back at the strange things that were happening in the 1980s. Yeah. What did you think?
0: Oh, well, I mean. like Watching said, it
1: for your 5,000th time. This
0: is, yeah, this is seriously one of my favorite movies. Um, like, overall, favorite movies Mm -hmm. i already am a huge as i mentioned earlier fan of metal horror and then of the metal horror genre this would be top tier for me i mean Mm -hmm. i think it's so much fun and the difference between this and other kind of cheesy low budget movies from the 80s there's so much rewatchability with this that's what i like is and i can tell you that from from uh, experience is it's just always fun to put on. Because once you know the story, you look forward to the scenes. And there's a lot of these little benchmarks that happen where you're like, oh, we're about to get to that scene. Yeah. So you can look forward to it. And I just think it's a really fun movie to rewatch. If you haven't seen it, watch it with a friend, too, because it's a blast to watch with somebody else.
1: Dude, I want to know more about DC La Croix.
0: It's not La Croix. La Croix. <laughs> okay. Well, we can put on the album later and you can learn all about them.
1: Let's do cause it. Because it's
0: awesome. That's it. That is Hack-A-Lantern. That is your Halloween episode. We're a few days away. So happy early Halloween. Hope you guys are safe and have fun. Uh, If you like what you heard... You can rate, review, subscribe. That really does help us. We're anywhere and everywhere you get your podcast.
1: Don't forget to go check out our Patreon. There's a whole bunch of content for you already there with more to come soon.
0: Yeah, so our Patreon is at patreon.com slash lasergraves. And then if you want to find our podcast, it's anywhere you get that. But you can also go to lasergraves.com and, and stream episodes there. If you want to follow our personal accounts, I'm at Death at 33 RPM.
1: I'm at Mariah Rose Wimmer.
0: And as always, go follow our friends. We always repost their um, episodes for the week on our stories. They're awesome. And we will see you next week. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Bye.